What's going on, you mother fathers? What's going on, new guy? Glad you're here. I'm the Degenerate 75. Glad you're finally finding the channel. If you don't know, I'm a high-limit DFS player who focuses exclusively on golf and football. And if you don't know, this should be hard. So I'm here to help you get a little bit better at it, breaking down the NFL slate tonight. But I also do college football and golf, as you can see up here. If you like the cut of my jib, come check out my shit, because I'd be doing a whole bunch of shows. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it today, but what I am going to tell you is... We got to get going because it's already Saturday and the fucking the slate's here tomorrow, less than 24 hours. First of all, it all starts with contest selection. I've already said this shit a hundred times. If you don't know by now, go ahead and go play in the big $20 tomorrow and just watch all your money disappear. That is a piss poor tournament. Don't play in it. Stick to three maxes, single entry, 20 maxes. By the way, I'm in DraftKings ears and I think I've got them working on a $20, 20 max for us because it's annoying that the only 20 maxes they offer fucking $3, $1, uh, $4. Get the fuck out of here with that, DraftKings. We need... We we need some real 20 maxes, right? Give me a $20 20 max, a $50 20 max, a $100 20 max would be the nuts. So anyways, stick to those better formats. Stick to no more than 20% going to first place. Stick to 10th place being 10% of first. Do these things. I'm not going to go and show you examples. I show you the same thing every fucking Saturday. Just go back and watch the old videos. You need to learn these lessons. That's the first place you're fucking up is right there. Sorry for all the F-bombs. The big guy's a little fired up today, Okay. Hey, check this out. Last week, if you don't know, we do a league right here. By the way, go hop in it. It's in the description of this, completely free. It's the Degenerate 75's NFL contest. If you win it, like my dude Red Gold Super Bowl did last week, you get to make a free Millimaker ticket on me. We make it together, split the profits 50 50. Pretty sweet deal, right? And my dude Soda Kid getting second place got a free month on my Discord. So that's cool. All you got to do is just go enter it. It's in the description. I'm not going to ask for your email or any creepy shit like that. It's completely no strings attached. Just go hop in it. Just build a community, brother. So go get in there, all right? In the description, right there. Degenerate seventy five NFL contest. Hey, while you're uh, while you're here, why don't you go ahead and like and sub? Because I think I'm gonna get to five thousand subscribers this weekend between Twitter and YouTube, and I'm gonna be doing a big old giveaway, hundreds and hundreds of dollars given away. But let's get to it, man. We're gonna keep this short and sweet and to the point. We're just gonna go break it down game by game, talk about some possible injury news, some possible stacks, who the chalk is, and then you make your own lineups. Cause if you hear if you came here expecting picks, you found the wrong channel, brother. The big guy doesn't do picks. I'm gonna teach you how to do your own damn thing and you're gonna make your own picks. Cause if you rely on other people to give you picks, you're a fucking loser. There, I said it. I said it. Okay. Uh, first game, the Chargers in Atlanta. This game, I, I can't believe this game's not more chalky than it is, specifically the Chargers side. If you, uh, if, in case you're unaware, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are going to be out tomorrow, so this makes uh, this makes the Chargers usage very, very concentrated, right? You're going to have, uh, uh, if you want to run a Herbert stack, well, really his receiving options, the only ones that are proven are Gerald Everett at tight end, who, they, who DraftKings has priced up. Josh Palmer at receiver is going to act as the wide receiver number one, uh, and uh, DeAndre Carter is probably going to be in there as the wide receiver number two Atlanta notoriously gives up a lot of points it's in the dome it checks all the marks and Atlanta's actually had a functioning offense recently to push some teams so this could be a really clutch stack and as expensive as, as it is to start out Herbert and Eckler you can really save some money by making you know by putting it with DeAndre Carter or Josh Palmer but let me warn you this is always a common misconception when that third receiver becomes the first or second receiver and everybody thinks oh they'll be so much better what you're not 
not anticipating is there's a reason there's a third receiver. And maybe when they have to act as the wide receiver number one, you're not going to get this magical jump in usage and targets and uh, efficiency and targets that you're hoping for. So beware of that when you do it. Atlanta, I would not be stacking the Atlanta side, but man, Drake London and Kyle Pitts seem like very, very viable uh, runbacks against a Chargers stack. It is the highest total on the game, which is very surprising that it's the highest total on the slate and it's not being stacked. So there's that. Uh, everybody's favorite team to stack that wins you the millionaire maker every week is the Miami Dolphins. This week they're playing against the Bears. The Bears are sloggy. But I will say this, Justin Fields has shown a pulse recently, and he kind of can go off, you know, a, a sneaky little Justin Fields stack here, a skinny. Don't double stack Justin Fields. He can't get two pass catchers there, but he could definitely get Mooney there, right? And then you do that, you get a little sneaky uh, Ty, uh, Tyreek Hill or uh, Jalen Waddle run back. Not many people are going to have that one, right? Um, you know, I, I can see why you don't want to run a two stack. It gets too expensive. You're playing a slow, methodical team in the Bears, but if the Bears push it, you just need one Dolphin to go back run a little skinny stack there that's interesting to me just a different way to think about it right uh moving over carolina and cincinnati uh if you don't know jamar chase is out okay so what happens is everybody moves up right but DraftKings has gotten wise to this and they've they've bumped everybody's prices up and so what happens is t higgins is now seventy three hundred dollars everybody loves t higgins when he's six thousand but you move him up to seventy three hundred nobody wants him at all he's a, he's the fat chick at prom now nobody wants to touch him so why why why? T. Higgins is a legit wide receiver. One, he is going to be in a he's going to be in an environment where they're going to score. Cincinnati is way better uh, fantasy scoring at home than they are on the road. Carolina has actually had a functioning offense the last two weeks and might be able to even push them a little bit. What? Because the Bengals looked bad in the primetime game, we think that they can't score a uh, Higgins. Uh, stack with Burrow sounds amazing. Th uh, throw me in a Hayden Hurst. Very interesting. You could also mix in Tyler Boyd. It's just very clear who the Bengals are going to give their usage to. And now that Joe Mixon's down to 6,500, you probably should be working him into that because he does catch the ball out of the passing game. And him and Burrow and Higgins could get there in a stack. And then you have... Uh, you have the the DJ the DJ Moore run back who all of a sudden all you got to do is just become donkey chalk and you get thirty five points every week so that's really interesting I don't I don't think I can get there on a PJ Walker uh, 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 stack though so I would just stick with the Bengals side moving on to everybody's favorite team that loves to be in shootouts Detroit at home uh, is this the week Aaron Rodgers finally decides not to suck balls I doubt it Bob if I'm getting any part of this I'm probably looking at Aaron Jones they seem to be more concentrated on getting him the ball uh, Aaron Rodgers honestly looks a little washed. I think he just doesn't trust his receivers. When you don't trust your receivers, it's hard to be a good fantasy quarterback, so I don't love it. Um, maybe the sneaky part is you run Aaron Jones as the run back, and then you go get you go get yourself some Jared Goff stacks, right? Because if you don't know, Hawkinson's gone, so you've got a beautiful punt receiver here in Brock Wright, who's probably going to take over most of that action. Amon Ra has been you know banged up. He's just due for a monster. So like it's just a really sneaky stack. Uh, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams uh, are both playing, but neither of them seem to be the alpha. So just give me a Goff stack and hope he's efficient and he doesn't get vultured by his running backs too much. A very tricky one right there. If you don't know, at the start of the year, the big guy was all about Trevor Lawrence stacks. And I think, I, I, hold on. Yep. I think it might be time to go back to old Trevor Lawrence. Let me give you a little game theory, right? Tra uh, Travis Etienne is probably going to be the most owned player on this slate. And because of that, a lot of people are going to say, well, fuck that. I'm not playing him. Well, I'm going to tell you, at NFL, Chuck gets there. And it gets there a lot. So maybe your idea shouldn't be, I'm not going to play Chuck. Your 
your your your answer should be I'm going to play chalk in a way that nobody else is playing it. And this is what you do. You go play Travis Etienne, which a lot of people are going to do. I mean, rough estimations are already showing him over 30%. He'll probably only get steamed up more tonight. He is too cheap at 6300. He's too involved in their um in their entire offense and he is in a game with a high implied total. So, it checks all the boxes of what you want. However, when if you go run him in a Trevor Lawrence stack? Most people are not going to play ETN in the middle of a Trevor Lawrence stack and then stack him also, you know, run a Jones uh, or Kirk as the as the pass catcher with that, right? And then the great thing about it is the Raiders have the most beautiful runbacks. Josh Jacobs has just been the nuts recently. Just go run it back with him or go run it back with Devontae Adams, who is due for one of those alpha weeks. You know Devontae Adams is going to have four weeks this year where he's the nuts play, okay? So he's he better start getting there because he only has about one this, this year. So that's where I'm at. I think a Trevor Lawrence is very sneaky just so it lets you have access to Travis, Travis Etienne, who appears to be the best play on the slate, and it's a way that you can have him in your lineup without just being a complete chalk donkey. Let's move over here to Indianapolis. Uh, we definitely got to be monitoring uh, Damian Harris. If it's going to be, if he's going to keep cutting into Ramondre Stevenson's uh, touches, I just don't really want to play Ramondre Stevenson at super high ownership whenever he's only looking at 16 to 17 touches per game. So because of that, that really starts to make this game less interesting and Stevenson specifically less interesting because with a 40 point total, two slow teams, uh, there's just not a lot that's going to get done here. Jonathan Taylor's out. So maybe you go, uh, you know, maybe you think that our boy, uh, what the hell's his name? Oh, yeah, Deion Jackson. Maybe he's got another 30-burger in him like he did last time. Uh, and with knowing Nakeem Hines there, it would appear as though the backfield is mainly his. I would not count on his efficiency to be as great as it was last time he had the backfield all to himself. But by and large, with so many good games on this slate, I'm just not going to get bogged down chasing this game. Uh, I'll pass on it. If people want to go eat Stevenson uh, and you know trust that he's going to be super efficient on his 15 touches, you go right on ahead, Bob. Uh, this Buffalo... Uh, you know, a Buffalo stack always makes sense. Josh Allen is without question the best fantasy quarterback out there. Really, the only problem with Josh Allen in this game is this. It's not always clear who to stack Josh Allen with. You can stack him with Diggs because clearly Diggs is the alpha number one, but that's a really expensive start to a stack. Furthermore, can the Jets even push the Bills? Like, are they really even going to push the Bills? The Bills tend to run it up on teams at home, but when they're on the road, they get a little bit more conservative when they get up. So that's my only worry is that this game's 21 to 3 in the third quarter and the Bills just let off the, you know, let off the pedal. And so, you know, that's my biggest concern. I think if you're going to run it back, of course you run it back with Garrett Wilson. I don't usually think tight ends are the best runbacks because they're just not kind of high volume guys, although Conklin does make sense as a correlation play here. Um, but beware, chasing, uh, chasing Garrett Wilson. I have a feeling he'll get steamed up. Uh, you know, he was the chalk last week, uh, and he and he ended up delivering for people without a single touchdown. So beware, he's going to get steamed up tonight. That says nine percent there on my screen. By the way, I'm using Run the Sims. If you don't know, if you're interested in checking it out, use my code DGN75. Get you twenty percent off. Uh, moving on uh, to the last of the early games. Notice there's only two late games, which really affects our strategy because that really uh, limits how much we can late swap and really go try to switch on or off of chalk, depending how we do on the early part of the slate. This Minnesota-Washington game, the simulator seems to think this is the sneakiest game on the slate. Look at all these guys that are positively leveraged, right? Which means that their optimizer rate, how often they show up in the optimal lineup, if you subtract their ownership, you always want the ownership to be less than they show up in it, and that is a positive optimizer level, and almost everybody in this game is showing up as positive. The optimizer loves a Taylor uh, Heineke stack 
with McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, I thought I was the only guy that played that mother father. Now he's up to 8%. I'll play some scary Terry at 5,900. And the great news is about this game is you know Minnesota has the ability to score points. I will be the first to grant you they're a little fickle. They're a little flaky. But when they get there, they get there. Justin Jefferson is super viable. Dalvin Cook is super viable. And if you're running a Jefferson or Cook run back against the Heineke stack, let me tell you right now, probably 1% of 1% of lineups and GPPs will have that. And if this game smashes, you have a viable path to winning a GPP. Just because, like, you're not going to have to, it's, you know, you can go play a Josh Allen stack and run it back with Garrett Wilson, but 15,000 other lineups in the tournament are going to have that. So basically, you're playing a 4v4 versus, you know, four, uh, uh, 15,000 other guys. That's not what I want. Whereas if you go run this Minnesota Washington stack and that hits, you're playing a 4v4 versus like four people for all the money. Uh, that sounds more interesting to me, Bob. All right, the afternoon games, there's only two of them, so we got to be strategic here uh, about how you make your lineups because you always want to put these guys in the flex that allow you some flexibility that if you're off to a slow start, you can move to a pivot in the afternoon. If you're off to a rocket hot start in the morning uh, or in the early set of games, you go switch to the chalk just knowing that you're going to be able to have a lot of people boxed out by playing the chalk piece, okay? This game is definitely the chalky one. It's the second highest total, Seattle and Arizona. Uh, you got to think uh, the, the, the midget himself, Kyler Murray, is due for a monster game. If there's ever an environment he can do it, it's going to be at home against Seattle, who, if there's one other team, it's them and the Lions that love a good shootout this year. So uh, I think Kyler Murray is going to be the best leveraged quarterback play on this slate with just mega upside. I know he has sucked this year, and it's not really him. It's Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury that sucks, but... He is. I just. I really feel like he has a game in him. Now that he has DeAndre Hopkins, he's just a much improved quarterback. Rondell Moore is viable. He's a very affordable stack. And the best part is, you have tremendous ringback options with Kenneth Walker, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. So this is a way to get into a chalky game and play it a little bit differently, right? Because a lot of people are going to want to play pieces of this game, and more people are going to stack Geno than they are Kyler. So just go play the Kyler side of it. And if you're going to do that, if you're going to play this stack, this game in the afternoon that's stacked, go play some contrarian pieces earlier in the day and. If those hit, you're really going to have a leg up on everybody in this game, right? Uh, last one, uh, the the Rams and Tampa Bay, two teams. We'll just call this the the used to be good teams uh, because they both suck here. As you can see, the 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 most optimized player in this game is a defense. That should tell you all you need to know about this, man. These teams, um, the, the, anybody that still plays these teams and thinks that they're getting great fantasy pieces, you're just living two years ago, brother. This ain't the Rams and the Bucks of two years ago. Uh, they're just not as good. They're just not as efficient as they used to be. Uh, maybe they're old. Maybe they're washed. I don't know. But this game, all the pieces are super expensive. Cooper Cup is still priced up. Godwin is still priced up. Evans is still priced up. Uh, you know, Lenny's actually getting down to a fair price, but he seems to be getting phased out because he's old and fat. And so at what point you're like, well, who do I play? Who is a good value in this game when there's very little shootout potential because of both offenses being so horribly inefficient this year and both having reasonable defenses? It just seems like a horrible game environment to be paying for these price tags. However, there is a silver lining here. If you get to the afternoon, you, the early games are finishing up and your lineups are fucking dust, well, this is what you do. You go get the hell off of this chalky game where you have a bunch of pieces and you just go move them over here. Okay, you go get on a Mike Evans, a Chris Godwin, a um, Cooper Cup, t t uh, Higby. You go switch to these guys that are going to be less owned than the guys over in this game. Okay, you have a you have a uh, a, a well, Kyler Murray's not. You have a. Um, uh, Geno Smith stack and your lineup sucks, go switch it to a Brady stack and go double stack him and hope you hit both of his guys and maybe that lineup could backdoor a min cash or maybe if, if you did average in the morning, you might even still be able to spike a top 10 in a GPP. That's the way to think about it, right? 
If all of this information is overwhelming and you don't know how to keep up with all these players, just know that over on my Discord, I do this thing called the Rosetta Stone where I break down the ownership of every player. If they're a good correlation play, a stack, a cash game, a run back, um, what games to target, what games are going to be chalky, what are some good pivot games to attack. I do all of that. We do an injury watch and I put this out for them. It's all connected through my Patreon, which is uh, where the Discord is through. So if you're interested in that, go sign up. It's fucking growing every day. I appreciate all those motherfuckers that are part of it. Matter of fact, me and John Gold JD, I got to get going so me and him can go do our stream tonight for them uh, where we answer all their questions. Um, and that's what we do. Um, also, go give me that follow on Twitter. Almost the 5,000 going to be doing the huge giveaway. I'd really appreciate it. Make sure to tell a friend about me because if you've watched this long, I know you like the cut of my jib. So tell a friend because the YouTube algorithm fucking hates me and they won't just put me out there at everybody. So the only way I get any love is when you guys spread the word. I appreciate you, mother father. I hope you kick some ass this weekend. Don't be afraid to reach out to me on Twitter. I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, I'm so busy. I don't have time for you. I don't take myself that serious. Reach out to me. I'll give you a thoughtful response um, and uh, 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 won't blow you off because uh, I'm not that guy. So anyway, Good luck this week. Kick some ass. I hope you enjoy my outro. Good luck, you mother father. Mm-hmm.